Welcome to the MedEvidence Podcast, hosted by Dr. Michael Corrin and Michelle McCormick. MedEvidence, where we help you navigate the real truth behind medical research with both a clinical and research perspective. In this podcast, we'll have discussions with physicians that have extensive experience in patient care and research. How do you know that something works? In medicine, we conduct clinical trials to see if things work. Now, let's get the truth behind the data. In this episode in the series of MedEvidence, we're talking with Dr. Michael Corrin about the bad cholesterol and the really, 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 really bad cholesterol. Dr. Michael Corrin, tell us a little bit about why we have so many really, really, really bad. (laughs) Well, good morning, Michelle, and thanks for having me. Uh, It's always a pleasure to, to work with you. So it's a great question about what is the bad cholesterol and what is the really, 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 really bad cholesterol. And so let me let me just step back a little bit and help people understand what all this means mm-hmm. and why it's important. Yeah. So first of all, cholesterol is an essential part of our body. Every cell in our body makes its own cholesterol. And the reason it does is that cholesterol is so important to the function of the cells. So cholesterol is the backbone of a lot of hormones. It's part of the cell wall of cells. And because of all these essential biological functions, our bodies need to make cholesterol. But it's so important that we make extra cholesterol. And the cholesterol that people talk about at cocktail parties is the extra stuff that our body's trying to get rid of. Right, the Not bad the stuff that and we the need. good. Right, yeah. okay. So, that, so that's, that's a start. And the other thing that people need to understand is that cholesterol is a fat. And everybody knows that fat and water don't mix. Mm-hmm. So how do you get rid of cholesterol that's, that the cells say, this is the extra stuff that I'm trying to get rid of? That has to go through the bloodstream that's mostly fluid. It's water-based. So the way your body does that is it creates lipoproteins. And lipoproteins is a fancy medical word that means you combine a lipid or a fat with a protein. And that's able to dissolve in the bloodstream. That's soluble. So we talk about the high-density lipoprotein, which is the good cholesterol, and the low-density lipoprotein, which is the bad cholesterol. So again, that's cocktail party discussion. Uh, uh, My cholesterol is 200. Do you have the good or the bad? Right. Is it? Well, and again, this is where it gets into a little bit more detail, (laughs) and then it's where people start to make mistakes and, and misunderstand things. But in general, you have a total cholesterol, and then that's broken down into cholesterol that's in different lipoproteins, And two of the major lipoproteins are LDL, low-density lipoprotein, which is bad, Mm -hmm. and and HDL, high-density lipoprotein, which is good. Okay. And the reason they're bad and good is based on epidemiology, the facts that we see in terms of people living or dying, depending on what their circumstances are. So for high-density lipoprotein, if you have high levels, which are often genetically mediated, you tend to do well. You tend to have fewer heart attacks and strokes. If you have low HDL, you tend to have more heart attacks and strokes. Flip side for LDL. LDL, if you have a high LDL, a lot of people have a lot of heart attacks and strokes. But if you have very low LDL, you tend to do very, very well. So over the years, we've learned that the LDL is the bad cholesterol. And over the years, we've also developed treatments, therapeutics, that can very effectively lower LDL and reduce heart disease and stroke. Well, that was, I was, I was going to ask you about the heart disease side of cholesterol and how they are connected because they're definitely a connection. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as I mentioned is that your body has this 
a mechanism to take the extra cholesterol and get it out of circulation. And the way it does that is through the liver. And for LDL, the bad cholesterol, it particularly does this using a mechanism called the LDL receptor. And the LDL receptor is something that is on liver cells that recognizes LDL molecules, bad cholesterol molecules, and then pulls them out of the circulation. And drugs like statins or PCSK9 inhibitors that we'll get into, I'm sure, are able to help the liver get rid of that cholesterol by increasing the affinity of the LDL receptor for mm. these molecules. So a very simple way of saying that is that it helps the liver squeeze that bad cholesterol out of the circulation. Is it the cholesterol that thickens the arteries? Yeah, so then you get into what's called the pathogenesis of lipids and atherosclerosis. So what that means is that when you have a lot of excess of bad cholesterol, LDL, you're gonna more likely create inflammation in the blood vessels. Or if you have a damage to the blood vessels, which occurs all the time, your body's ability to heal that damage is impaired when your LDL is high. So ultimately over time, the fat from LDL will be deposited in the arteries because of this ongoing cycle of inflammation, vascular damage and repair. And so that's the mechanism by which high LDL, high bad cholesterol leads to atherosclerosis. Ultimately, the more plaque buildup, the more likely you are to have a heart attack or stroke. Okay. And so statins, explain the drug, you know, the theory behind a statin. Sure. So the, the first, first of all, the concept of high LDL and high cholesterol leading to heart disease was first developed during the 40s and the 50s during the famous Framingham trials. And then once that was established, that there was a connection between high cholesterol and high rates of heart attack and stroke, people started to think, okay, well, let's reduce cholesterol and see what happens. And in the early days, in the, in the, you know, in the 80s, uh, 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, early 80s, we had ways of lowering cholesterol, but they weren't particularly good. And so we were starting to see a little bit of a glimmer of hope, but we really didn't have anything that brought LDL cholesterol down tremendously. And then uh, towards the mid and the late 80s, the statins were developed. The first statin was called Mevacor Lovastatin. And uh, when I was in my training, actually, in 1987, Lovastatin uh, and Mevacor was, was uh, available for the first time. And finally, we had the ability to drop LDL cholesterol by about 40%, which we never had before. And there was some controversy about it when, when Mevacor first came out. There was concerns about safety. But it turned out that this class of drugs was truly remarkable. There's no class of drugs that has ever, ever saved more lives than statins. Hmm. And then the famous 4S study came out in 1994 with Simvastatin or Zocor. And that showed for the first time that you take high-risk people, you put them on a statin or a placebo, and the people on the statin do way better. Mm -hmm. They have far fewer heart attacks, far fewer strokes, and live longer. So that was a, a true breakthrough. And starting uh, with that study in 1994, it ushered in the era of statins. So for the next literally 20 years, statins got developed that were more effective and ultimately used in a way where we were able to get LDL cholesterol down to about 50 to 60%. And we realized that the lower the LDL, the better off you were. Are statins a lifetime drug? Typically they are. Yes, typically they are. People that either have high LDL cholesterol because of dietary issues mm -hmm. or genetic issues typically need quite a bit of help. Now, there's some people that dramatically change their diet and they may have a need for a statin drug, but that, that changes when their diet improves. 
but most people have a hard time making major, major changes in their diet. And a lot of people that could you know, eat a vegetarian diet, and they still may have a high cholesterol. And those folks will need statins or other therapeutics to help them prevent heart disease and stroke. With your background in both extensive patient care and in research, where is the direction of cholesterol, uh, managing cholesterol going? Yeah, so, so that's a great question. Uh, great question. The way I love the way you asked that question, by the way. And um, there is a perspective that comes through being exposed to research. And I, and, and I have the good fortune of being very involved in the research world and still practicing. I still practice cardiology, so I see patients all the time. Mm-hmm. So I understand the perspective of patients when they came, come in and what they're fearful of and what they're trying to accomplish. On the other hand, I have a really good understanding of how the data are generated. And to marry those two things mm-hmm. is, I think, a key point and something that we're hoping to do with this show. Because one of the identifying features of really good evidence-based medicine is that you're basing your decision-making on carefully conducted research studies. And therefore, you're not guessing. The odds are in your favor. Right. So if you uh, go to a clinician that doesn't necessarily have that sensibility, they may try something. Well, this worked for me um, on this patient. Maybe it'll work for you. Well, that's one way to do business. Mm-hmm. But the other way to do business is that, well, this worked for 10,000 people. Right. And we know that on average, if you're doing things this way, you're much more likely to avoid a heart attack and stroke than if you do things this way. I find that very interesting. Uh, Dr. Michael Corrin with the Med Evidence podcast. We're talking about the bad cholesterol and the really, 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 really bad cholesterol. And why four reallys? <laughs> well, <clears throat> I'm I'm a little bit of of a history nut, and I and I like to pull things from different elements of history and apply them. So, I don't know if you remember the movie. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Okay, yeah. So it was a it was a pretty famous movie in the '60s. I think it was 1963, if I'm not mistaken. And at that time, every great comedian that was known uh, got involved in this movie. And uh, the movie turned out to be an hysterically funny, wacky movie with all these crazy, uh, talented comedians. And uh, that always resonated with me is that why did they choose four mads? Right. And I said, well, if it's good enough for Hollywood, it should be good enough for, for the Mid-Evidence Hour. <laughs> right. And, and I think it really does, really, really gets the, really, uh, yeah. gets, gets the point across <laughs> yeah. that uh, cholesterol can be very, very bad and deadly. Right, right. Well, in, in our particular case, we're trying to make the distinction is between LDL, which is really bad cholesterol, and we talked about that already, mm-hmm. and then there's something called lipoprotein little a that's really, 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 mm-hmm. really bad. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. We will. I look forward. I'm your host, Michelle McCormick, and we want to thank Dr. Michael Corrin for this episode, which centered around his extensive patient care and research experience on MedEvidence, the truth behind the data. 